Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Somebody dropped Solaire because he had a minus 10 week, but uh-oh, he's back in the points, baby. Who got Solaire to try to make up for the points of Acuna being gone? Boom. Here we go, dogs. Here we go. Thirsty Thursday, everybody. <laughs> Let's do a toast. Yep. This is Thursday Thursday. To <laughs> Did you start before we started? <laughs> no, I didn't. This is Thursday, everybody. This is a Thirsty Thursday post here on Underdogs, and it is happy birthday to Nate Pearson. Cheers, Nate. Okay, you drank your... Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. You said you wanted to see a neck. Ooh. I did. I wanted to see a neck, and I got me a neck. That was a lot. That's the biggest Thirsty Thursday swig oh. we've had. So well, let's start we had to do it a double. Off. We had to do a double shot, right? It's a double header. Oh yeah, nice. And double it's shot, Nate, Nate Pearson's and birthday. And it's Nate Pearson's birthday. Happy birthday to Nate, begrudgingly. Happy birthday to Nate. Be better. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Nate. Throw strikes. All right, it is wow. our favorite day of the week here on He's Underdogs. He's hurt, David. He's hurt, and you're ah, gonna don't 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 ruin my introduction here just because you're all gassed on bourbon. All right, we're gonna. We're going to get this thing going, and then you can call me out. Call me out all you want after I say, it is our favorite day here on Underdogs. It is Thirsty Thursday. It is August 20, 2020. Too many 20s to count. I am David Patrick Fleming. He is Jacob Eamon. He probably just chugged, oh, I'm going to lowball it at a three-ounce shot of bourbon into his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. I know Nate's hurt, all right? I'm just having a little fun here on Thirsty Thursday, and I wanted to wish Nate Pearson a happy birthday. He's so just a pup. He, uh, he is just a pup. You're right. That's fair, Jake. What, what is he, 23 today, 24? 24. Oh, no, he's he's old. Yeah, that's old. Let's let's start forgetting about him. Yeah, that's an old dog. If that dog shits on your rug, you're like, hey, man, you, don't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. You're too old for this. Yeah. You've been through this. Shit outside. Yeah, people people love to like figure out dog years and compare it to human years, and I still don't get that. I, I, there was a, a, a debate that was sparked when I went to the cottage a couple of weeks ago. People were talking about dog years, and I was like, well, there was just recently a study about how they realize that they were wrong and that they are thinking that maybe the dog's years is equivalent to a much higher number in human years. So so like a, a four-year-old dog is like a 30-year-old person where it used to be like a 24-year-old person. I'm like, who, who cares? You know, like well, the dog world's up in storm because they're like, ah, no, my dog's going to die sooner than I thought my dog was going to die. Ah, this new study is killing <laughs> but me. But it's not. It's not. The death still happens at the same time. It's just like how we view each other's world. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Let's All these on. fruit flies that are flying around my house only live for three days. So on the first day, you got baby fruit flies. The second day, these middle-aged men flying around my house. And then the third day, it's a bunch of senior citizens just buzzing all over my food. Mm -hmm. Do they look different? Can you tell the difference? Are you picking out a baby baby fly versus an old old hag? 
You know what? I'm going to give fruit flies a lot of credit right now. I can't tell the difference between a young pup fruit fly and a dying old man fruit fly. What do fruit flies do anyway? What are they after? Sugar, uh, purpose. Um, so they just, they're born, they get the fruit, they want juice, they want to re, they want to, they want to make other fruit flies and, and that's it. Just juice, fruit, wine, they just want to, they just want to, they just want to get hammered and bang and make more fruit flies. I think that's, that's what fruit flies are in the world for. You just made me feel terrible for ever killing a fruit fly because that's a that's not a bad purpose in life. I no, mean, that's, that's a, no different from you or I. It's a party species. They're just totally. looking for a good time. Just a three-day banger, you know? Okay, let's get into this Tom Brenneman situation. Cincinnati Reds broadcaster Tom Brenneman was caught on air last night on a hot mic. Caught? Well, he was caught. He didn't think that anybody was listening to him other than the people who were around him who he was clearly talking to. Uh, and what was heard over this hot, hot mic was Tom Brenneman saying it is the, and I'm just quoting here, it is the fag capital of the world. That's the only uh, snippet. It's not clear who he's talking to. It's not clear what he was responding to, if anything. Maybe he was just monologuing to himself. Maybe nobody else is around. I don't imagine anyone's going to stand up and be like, it was a conversation he was having with me. <laughs> where where were he, they? What was he referring to? Which, which, which is this capital place? Well, I don't know. That's Nobody knows. He, he didn't clarify that. I think it was just a conversation they were having about something else. Yeah. And then he said that. And he did an on-air apology yeah. in the middle of a game where he was letting people know that he was no longer going to be covering the rest of the game, that somebody was going to be taking over for him. And in the middle of this apology, he calls a Nick Castellanos home run. He can't resist and then it. Goes back to, <laughs> and goes back to his apology. He can't resist. Nope. Not yet. He's just there. You know, from the bottom of my heart, I am deeply sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a man of faith. As here is a line drive to left field by Cassianos, <laughs> it, will, it will be a home run. I don't know if I'll be putting on this headset again. It's a, it's a 4 nothing ball game. Um, <laughs> it reminded me when I saw that. I was like, this is like a game diary. It's got the same kind of quality going in and out of personal life into calling the game. I, maybe Maybe I should put some music on hit his and see if we can put his apology in the show as a game diary. Get some sweet oh, beats on there. I guarantee you somebody's already done that on YouTube. Somebody's already cut that with music and done an auto-tune with it, and it's probably got a million views already, but uh, that would be a really good idea. I'm not... Uh, I, we were talking about this before we started. I, look, I don't like when people just get canceled for uh, things that they have done without having a communication about it or a conversation. Sorry, I mean about a conversation about it. And then their life is over and there's just no coming back. But when you do something like that, when you say something like that, that, that is a deep part of your... You don't just say a word like that casually... Mm -hmm. um, if it's not a part of who you are and it's not like he was in the, his living room and gunned and just like, let it slip. He's still at work. Even if he didn't think the mic was on, he's still at work. 
Yeah. There's still people around at work who he yeah. just assumes it's oh, it's cool for me to say this. That's what we're talking about. I'm sure it's still probably recorded. He's not worried about that. He's just gonna he's gonna say that to whoever he is in the middle of a casual conversation. If that's what he's talking about, then you know, what kind of guy is this when he is gunned with his friends at home? You know, there's there's no there's no place in the game for this kind of guy. So yeah, cancel him, get him out of here. You know, he's I'm sure he's had a long career, lots of money. No one needs to feel bad about him. Um, let's just forget about his existence. But here's a little tryout for Jacob and me to replace him as the Cincinnati play-by-play. And Nick Castellanos is up to the dish and the delivery. And that is belted to deep left field into the bleachers. And the Reds go up 3 nothing. Wow, Jacob, did you did you have ever seen a player as hot as Nick Castellanos? I know that he's uh, been in a bit of a deep slump here, and you've been trying to get him back on track on your fantasy team. You've been really worried about it, but you got to like the way he's swinging the bat lately. He's letting the ball come to him, letting the count ride, and he looks real nice on that swing. I really hate that you keep bringing up my fantasy points with me here on the air because it causes a rage to go up my spine and i want to choke you out in your seat and trevor bauer is on the mound <laughs> all righty let's get into the blue jays here it is time for the game diary it's a wednesday day game a 1 p.m start i love day games no wait i love day drinking but not today gotta focus on the analysis be responsible, get excited. Brandon Jury batting six, that makes it tough. Baltimore Orioles have Chris Davis in the lineup. Suicide watch is on. Time for a win and to step into our rightful place as playoff contenders. There's only one question to be answered. If I, I got to start this again, sorry, I'm fucking hammered. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if a sweep of the Baltimore Orioles happens in the forest, but there's no fans there to see it, does anyone care? In our corner, we got old man Tanner Roark on the hill who looks like a hungover Smurf in these blue uniforms. I can smell the Sambuca on his breath from my couch. Please stop winning in these uniforms so we can stop looking at them. In the other corner, it's old man Tommy Malone. Relax, hitters. No one is seeing 90 miles an hour until these seniors get carted off in stretchers and dropped off at the morgue. May the best lobber win. First inning whirls by, and when I say whirls, I mean I didn't even have my face pointed towards the TV. I was staring out the window, wondering how I got myself into this situation in my life, and I glance over to see the Orioles run into an out at the plate that made it seem like they weren't even trying to win. Come on, Baltimore, hide it better. I get a shot of adrenaline in the second inning when Randall, MVP Krishik, comes up. Are you kidding me? Bango, bongo, blammo. It's another blast. That's four home runs in as many games. A solo shot. one nothing for the Toronto Blue Highlighters. Now it's Vladdy time, and Malone looks like he's throwing BP. First pitch is a changeup, 78 right down the middle. Here we go, baby. Time for a ding-dong. Ooh, that's a quick, ugly strikeout. Fuck this. It's time for wine. Tempranillo, baby. Rioja. Why do I need to make a voice like that just to normalize my drinking? It's obviously a problem, but not as big a problem as Dwight Smith Jr. singling to right field and Teoscar Hernandez duffs it again. Ball rolls under his glove all the way to the fence and the Orioles tie it up 1-1. 
Hey, Oscar, how are you making me even ask the question who it would be worse to be right now, you or Chris Davis? The Orioles then take the lead on a Pat Baleka RBI single to go up 2-1. Hey, Oscar throws out a runner at the plate at the end of the fourth, but it's a little like flowers after forgetting the anniversary. I'm rage drinking wine at 2 p.m. on a Wednesday as my agent calls me to talk about an audition for a kitty litter commercial, and I'm thinking this is the lowest point in my life, but then once again in the sixth inning, Golden Boy, Randy, Baby, Grishik bails out Hernandez by rocking his second dinger of the game over the left field fence, and we regain the lead. It's 3-2, and now I can drink guilt-free. It's a celebration, a wedding of sorts. Wait. The look on Teoscar's face in the dugout. He's upset. Oh no, he cares. I had no idea. I'm sorry, Teoscar. Maybe I'm being hard on you because I know how good you are and I just get so angry and maybe it's the pandemic or doing the podcast every day. It's the sorry, can't hear you. It's wine time. I mean, Barucky time. The baby school shooter is lights out and then hatch. Boom. Orioles can't touch him. And then, oh my God, are you kidding me? Grishik again. Swing in a drought. Oh no, that one's caught at the track. It was close though. And then Vladdy probably shocked he made good contact only gets the first on a ball hit off the right field wall and then a sack fly by Brandon Drury to score Travis Shaw makes it four to two Espinal looks great going two for four and we may never have to panic again a slasher to right by Guriel in the ninth to score Biggio makes it five two to seal the deal Baltimore threatens in the ninth but it's weak it's a done deal Dolis closes the door and I got purple lips and teeth on a Wednesday at 4 p.m. hey Baltimore we just swept up your stadium made it all COVID and win free okay read it and sweep baltimore oh bang oh what do you feel about a sweep of the baltimore orioles look i i watched the baltimore orioles this uh this series and uh they've i'll, I'll admit it they've impressed me i expected a a much worse team than than what I saw, and you know I can, you can pretty much rack that up to about four hitters, four bats in their lineup that make for a somewhat intimidating ball club to face. Um, luckily, it, it seems like they're about a year behind us in some ways. They don't have quite the level of superstars that we have uh, in our prospects, but they've got guys who are putting together decent careers coming up and and kind of making names for themselves without having this huge prospect history behind them and you know you can you can thank them for losing a couple of the games uh, on themselves like in the way that we're used to that happening to us and you know we're kind of cleaning up our act as seemingly they're about to revert to who they probably normally are and will likely finish the season as, which is not a good team. But uh, my hats are off to them and that they're making making the best of what they can when, when they have a guy like Chris Davis in their lineup. <laughs> oh, my God. It's got to be, and, and honest to God, all jokes aside, it's got to be tough to be Chris Davis. <laughs> making so much money. He's a dead bag in the middle of that lineup. They don't even want to play him. I guess they're probably just waiting for him to either – just give them some money back and call it quits, or they're just going to ride him out. No one's taking him. Mm-hmm. But when, as the Orioles, do you not just say, hey, look, this isn't working. We're going to eat the money. Go away. I don't know. I don't he know how that didn't happen last terrible. year, the, the year before that. They keep doing it. I don't understand because he still looks like the same guy. He's this big jack dude 
He doesn't look like he's just put on weight or changed his physical appearance. So maybe, you know, I don't think it was a steroids thing. Maybe it was, but he, he can't hit the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, he just straight up can't hit it. Yeah, you, you wouldn't think that it's steroids just because it seems like the biggest problem is his hand-eye coordination slash timing at the plate. Like he still, he still like seems like a fairly fine first baseman, despite you know that maybe ill-advised throw to home. You know, I think he had to try to to make that play, but uh, he just can't hit the ball. I think there's a steroids for everything. Hand-eye coordination. There's a steroids for that. Um, I was just going to say, you talk in your uh, game diary about about Tay Oscar, wondering if you wanted to have a little chat about him, his feelings, your feelings, my feelings. Well, look, a lot we of talked, feelings uh, going on. We talked, I think it was earlier this this week, about what we thought Tay Oscar's reaction to his errors yes. would be, and I and I I made a guess that I thought, oh, maybe he laughs it off, maybe he doesn't take it seriously. I'm absolutely wrong. The the energy and the demeanor from Teoscar in the dugout really taught me that this this does matter to him, and it's, it's or he's a good performer. He 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 might have a, a a future in in the acting industry with that kind of uh, emotional performance in the dugout. I'm not saying I'm not saying that's what it was. It's not just in the dugout though. You could see him in right field, and it was just eating him alive. And mm-hmm. I just hope that it doesn't bleed into his offense because that's what we need him for. And I really hope that it doesn't start affecting him at the plate. Yes. Well, let's see. You said you're wrong about your guess of what he would be like. Um, so far, I'm on track. Um, and we'll see if if tomorrow he's completely carefree and laughing in the in the dugout and having a good time with Laddie. I feel like I'll be uh, pretty accurate in my assessment of what he's like with the with the errors but uh well i think it will totally depend on what he does today in the double header if they if they play him if he just plays one game whatever happens with him I, if he hits dingers i imagine he'll be laughing it up and yeah. i'm fine with him laughing it up if he hits dingers i mean there was a little bit of redemption in the throw to the plate um, um, a little bit just a little bit just a yeah. touch just a little bit of salt i'll say that whatever he was doing it worked it was the f- even before he got to the dugout it was the first time that i wasn't mad at him i actually felt sad for yeah. him for once uh, looking at him i could feel like when they zoom in on him after the field uh, after that error he's still in right field i could just feel how disappointed he was it reminded me of times in life of myself, just feeling like you can't do anything right. You keep disappointing everyone around you. The world is... You keep disappointing people in the same way. Yes. Is, is the thing. It's like you keep making the same mistake. It's one thing to make different mistakes, but you keep making the same mistake. That's such a tough part about life is making the same mistake over and over again. Yep. And so there was this human connection that I had when I saw him in the dugout because I was like, I get it. I know that feeling. God, I know that feeling. And when you or I have that feeling, chances are there's not a camera on us and there's not people talking about it and people breaking it down and a whole narrative created around it that you have to sit in and then manage. Yeah. I also really related to 
Vladdy, like in the in the dugout next to him. He's kind of laughing. He's a bit uncomfortable. He's like, do I make a joke to try and get him out of it? I say something to him and he's just looking straight ahead. He won't give me the time of day. It's kind of funny. And you're, you're. I wonder if the two of them have this thing where they're aware of what's being said about both of them. And so they're kind of just like, here we go again. It's your turn today, my turn tomorrow, your turn today, my turn tomorrow. I wanted to talk a little bit about the front office because I was sort of thinking yesterday when I was thinking about how good Randall Grishik has been that it's actually crazy to think in such a short amount of time that he's underpaid. And I would have never thought that oh, last whoa, year when whoa, they gave whoa, him that. He's underpaid right now. He's underpaid right now. Let's you, not I don't care. Right get... now, he is underpaid. Okay. He, right now, he's overplaying his contract a la Jose Bautista. I'm not saying it will last. I'm not saying that the sample size is enormous. But as of right now, the level of production that they're getting from him, he is an underpaid player. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Now, I feel like this whole thing started with the, the new ownership coming in 2016. Alex Anthopoulos made these crazy deals at the trade deadline, gutted the organization of prospects, got all these really exciting players um, at the trade deadline. And we had a great 2015. 2015 was super exciting. 2016 was super exciting. But the organization got a lot of shit. Uh, Shapiro and Atkins for uh, Edwin Encarnacion leaving uh, for less than he was offered from the Blue Jays, which doesn't really seem like an organizational thing to me. That seems like an Edward Encarnacion and his agent thing. Definitely. The Blue Jays, Blue Jays moved on to Kendris Morales. And Kendris Morales was then put up against Edwin Encarnacion and, Ken, and Kendris Morales wasn't very good. You know, he didn't play up to the level of an Encarnacion, but he was unfairly put up against him in the first place. He had some nice stretches. He had a home, he had a home run streak going for a while there in 2017, I think, 2018. Mm -hmm. He wasn't good, but... And then you think that the organization turned, basically turned Drew Hutchinson into Teoscar Hernandez, you know, with the trade of Liriano to the Astros to get Teoscar Hernandez. That's, and Teoscar has been productive. Oh yeah. Everybody was giving the organization shit about not calling up Vladdy in time and saying, Oh, they're just trying to keep him down for service. And the organization was like, well, there's things that Vladdy needs to learn. And we were like, bullshit. You're just creating that narrative because you want to, uh, keep the money from him and yeah, both things well, are true in that situation well i nobody would say now that they weren't right that vladdy does have stuff he has to work on and that nate pearson has stuff that he has to work on but the fact that grishik is performing at this level and they offered him that contract it's hard for me not to see that they saw that in him that potential in him they wouldn't have given him that kind of money had they not seen it and now and now we're witnessing it coming true yes they also sort of fucked up on the j-hap trade you know brandon jury and billy mckinney are both busts and obviously you and me both wanted clint frazier in that deal yeah but that wasn't going to happen and the reason that wasn't going to happen is take a look at what j-hap has done since he's been on the yankees you know well j-hap was a good yankee that first year that he was there okay but he definitely you know, was is one good season of J-Hap that isn't going to get you that far, which, and like a good season of J-Hap, it's not like he's lights out. He's just a serviceable, you know, like three or four on the Yankees. Um, it's, it's not a huge, 
it's not a huge piece of value that you're getting. So yeah, it's been a bit of a disappointment, but they've more than made up for it in the amount of trades for relievers that have, or, you know, these various guys that we have in our organization from Hatch to K, you know, there's so many dudes that we've got right now from trades that that they've made that are turning out to be incredible. Espinal for Steve Pierce. We'll see where that goes, but you know, there's, there's all sorts of great things that this organization has done and it's all going to come back to, I feel like the last thing that they're holding out for in the anti Shatkins movement is Julian Merriweather for Josh Donaldson. And we're about to see that come to a head. You got to imagine Merriweather's getting in this game today and we're going to see something. even even if even if Merriweather is nothing, that that was a tough situation. You can't put that on the organization. Donaldson couldn't stay healthy. He had a falling out with the high performance department, who he felt was fucking with him. It created a tension with their organization, and they got what they got. Yeah, and he's injured I, again. I <laughs> yeah, on a different team. And, and and people were like, "Oh, I can't believe you didn't sign Jose Bautista. Great move to not sign Jose oh Bautista. My God, my God could he- you imagine?" having Jose Bautista on the team at the kind of money that he wanted and just watching him die in front of you. I don't for- want to have a conversation with anyone that wanted them to re-sign Jose Bautista at that point. I, I emotionally wanted them to re-sign Jose Bautista, but I wasn't, I didn't, it wasn't like I didn't understand why they didn't, but I just, you know, you don't want to put your dog to sleep. You Even emotionally, him. like, I don't want to watch my dog walking around blind with cancer and shitting on the floor and, you know, walking into things, having to, yeah, it's I got you got to put him down for the love of him. If you really love him, let him go. It's almost like the deals that this front office make need a little bit of time to age, and then you see that's baseball. They don't they, isn't don't, it? they don't they don't surprise you right away. It's not it's um, not it's not the fantasy uh, PP sh- pitching streaming no patience David Patrick Fleming method of <laughs> of uh, running a baseball team. Got to have some patience. Well, in fantasy, you don't have to necessarily have some patience. But in terms of that, I mean, I have had patience because my point total is just going up and up and up and up. I'm sorry. I really don't want to hear rebuttal from anybody who doesn't have 200 points this week. Okay. Um, <laughs> the Marcus Stroman trade looks amazing. Seems like it has a, has potential to be amazing. It already is. Even the- it already is. The amount of contributions from Anthony Kay. That that Simeon Woods Richardson has moved into the top 100 prospect list. The fact that Marcus Stroman made 11 starts for the New York Mets. It's it's already been a huge win. I think you're going to see Woods Richardson head to Boston when we get Bogarts. Okay, okay, I'm into that. I'm very into that. The I mean, you can't necessarily say that it's the front office. It's more of like thank you Baltimore for not taking Austin Martin, but. Uh, the fact that they got him and now they have this incredible piece, I'm excited to see what they can do with it. If they keep him, if they move him, I, I'm, I'm, I guess the whole point of that I'm trying to make here is I'm showing some some love and some respect to the front office. I haven't been incredibly hard on them. It's not like I, I think they're doing a terrible job by any stretch of the imagination, but it's it's just sort of noticing all the moves that they've made that have made this team what it is, and this team is very very cost effective right now yep absolutely i uh i've been you know i've been pretty outspoken about my support of ross and mark from the beginning uh well not necessarily right at the beginning but 
you know, you got to take a take a bit of time to feel them out, let them feel me out in my opinion of them. And uh, but I will say that this is just kind of on track with how I felt the whole time. Um, I I really like what they've been doing with this organization, and and yeah, it's it, you, you were kind of back in Blue Jays talk land, being like, come on, people. Give it, give, give this organization a bit of time. You're, you're so fixated on 15 and 16, and guess what? We didn't win. Okay, we didn't make it to the World Series. We, we, you know, whether or not that's it's it's obviously not Anthopolis's fault. Some things didn't break our way. We didn't perform in some moments where we needed to, but it's it's time to move on because that approach didn't actually work and what we need is to build it from the ground up with our own prospects and then build around that because you can't you can't just build it with money it's not going to yeah. work absolutely and and when you've got the kind of flashy moves of anthopolis you start i think one of the problems was people wanted to see that they thought it was like really exciting yep we got david price we got troy tulowitzki oh my god our dad just bought us a ferrari and we're getting a pool in the backyard but ross and mark are more like no we're gonna buy a membership to the community pool and you're gonna take the ttc and you're gonna learn through that how to live cost effective. And it's not as fun, it's not as sexy, it's not as exciting, but man, there's some real potential on this team right now. So we got a big double header today. Yep. Going into Philly. Oh wait. Are they going to Buffalo? Buffalo. Yeah, my god. Buffalo. Double header in Buffalo. I man, I don't want to see them go back to Buffalo. That wasn't fun the last time that they were in Buffalo. What are you talking about? They had it was it Yeah, was the offense was amazing, but they looked like a fucking little league team half the time on the other side of the ball. Yes, it was That's not Dinger that's City. not because of the ballpark. Is it? Well, I don't know. Is it? I don't think so. How how does the how why does the surrounding make you turn into a little leaguer? I don't know. Maybe it's sense memory. Maybe it's the trauma they had when they were in AAA trying to be big league ball players, and all the time that Teoscar spent in that field when he was called down, wondering why he couldn't get called back up to the big leagues. And then his body just has that memory in it. And then when a ball's hit to him, I don't know. He can't field it. It's a lot of baseball. Are you prepared to watch like no. probably seven hours of baseball again today? Not when we start the day neck and bourbon, and now I'm just going to either have to keep drinking or be hung over all day and watch two baseball games. Yeah. And, you know, the the game diaries are probably going to be a mess. A yeah. mess. Yeah, right. Well, uh, yeah, I still got to edit this episode. I'm going to need a nap, a bourbon nap. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what inning that comes in and which game. Uh, so who who do we got starting today? We got Chase Anderson got and Chase Trent Thornton. Anderson, then we got Trent Thornton. Yeah, right. Okay. Nice to see Trent again. He looked. Uh, I don't know if you recall the shot of him in the in the uh, stands last night. There was a shot of him during the game that kind of stuck on him for a while. He's having a conversation with someone. It looks looked a bit like a worm to me. <laughs> 
You know, I don't know if it was just the, the long build up just to dig a guy for looking like a worm. I don't know if you saw him in the uh, they did a big segment on him. And uh, what I'm trying to say, he looked like a worm, an earthworm. <laughs> well, honestly, I don't know if it was just the angle, if he's, you know, since he's been getting back, if there's been a bit of weight. It didn't look like he had a neck. I couldn't distinguish the difference between the neck, the chin, and his head. It was all kind of one uniform thumb coming out of his shirt. Some guys take some time off. They work on a change-up. They work on a curveball. They come back looking new. Trent Thornton lost his neck. Yeah. And we're going to see what that does for him. You know, he... He's not going to have the whiplash when people hit dingers off him. He's got no neck. He won't even really see it go over the fence. Yep. So we got Chase Anderson in the first game, Earthworm on the mound for the second game. Yeah. We should, we should get to that. We should give ourselves the amount of time we need to prepare for these two games. Yeah. Before we do that, though, I just want to tell you about one thing. You may have missed it last night, but you're a guy from your fantasy world, one of my favorite players as well. Trevor Bauer was threatened last night by the Major League Baseball that they would pull him from his start and suspend him if he wore the cleats that he tweeted pictures of before the game that he said he was planning to wear. The cleats, they're hilarious. One cleat on the, I don't know, left or right side says, Free Joe Kelly, and the other cleat has this illustration of the Joe Kelly crybaby face on the other. He was trying to raise some money for a charity of Joe Kelly's choice. If people wanted to enter to win the cleats that he wore in the game, they had to buy a Joe Kelly deal with it t-shirt off of Trevor Bauer's websites. The proceeds from that were going to go to the charity. And so he was threatened by Major League Baseball. He didn't wear it in the game, but he did wear it for warm-up. I guess the, the umpires were told if they see it to eject him from the game. Uh, it's just ridiculous because the, the Major League Baseball, they, they instituted a new uh, rule this season. You could wear, they loosened the restrictions on what kind of cleats you had to wear, whether they needed to be the same color as your kit, that you could pretty much wear whatever cleats you wanted as long as they weren't having some sort of political message or something offensive on it. And uh, that turned out not to be the case for Trevor Bauer last night. I mean, it's definitely ridiculous. It's a really crazy rule. Any player should be able to speak whatever their beliefs are and if they want to put it on their cleats, like their cleats. Just don't put the don't zoom in on his cleats mm -hmm. if that's your big deal. Just let him wear whatever he wants and tell your camera up to not zoom in on his cleats. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It seems like the MLB is like really concerned about making sure that there's nothing exciting in baseball and that fans don't tune in to see controversy. I do understand why they don't want to start this uh, the whole thing about it's cool to, to throw at Astros and, and, uh, getting it to fans to tune in just to see players get beamed or whatever. But my God, my God, let the kids play. There's also like, it's, it just seems so clueless to how the world works right now. Like you saying that he's not allowed to wear them, taking it away from him is a bigger news story than if he just <laughs> wore them, <laughs> you know, like yeah. you, you're shooting yourself in the cleat here in the free Joe Kelly cleat here by uh, saying that he can't wear them. It, it it just doesn't make any sense. But good on Trevor Bauer. He went on, he pitched uh, 
I guess it was a complete game in the seven-inning doubleheader, which isn't really a complete game, but he had a nice game for himself. And uh, let's go get him in the offseason. Let's get him in the offseason. Apparently, he wants one-year deals only. Overpay. Get him in here. I would love to see him. And on that note, enjoy the doubleheader today, and we will be back tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody.